0: This week's parasha is Parshas Mitzayra. And at the beginning of Parashat Mitzayra, we're introduced to halachas of somebody that was actually afflicted by nega tzaras. The Kayin goes and Haskins that the tzaras has healed. At that point, the Kayin commands that the mitair, that the that the the mitzahirah should take two birds and one should be um, taken and shechted and the other should be let free. But you should take from the blood of the bird that was shechted and you should sprinkle it on the mitzahirah with three things it should be sprinkled. There is an eightz erez. Ushni and an ezov, which means there was cedar wood, crimson thread, and a lowly bush called the hyssop. Rashi says the reason for bringing eight eres, we are more familiar with uh, with tara's coming as a result of lashon Haru, but there are Khazalan that give us a list of things that Saras could potentially come because of, and one of them is because of a person has gaiva. He has what's called gasus ruach. He is very—he uh, has a swelled head. In such a case, he too would be afflicted by saras The tzaras, being a very mighty cedar tree, is a reflection of the gaiva that the person has. Rashi further brings what should be the way that he heals himself, this Balgaiva. He should lower himself from his haughtiness like a tailas and an Ezaiv. The Shnit was a piece of wool that was dyed by a type of lowly insect, very low, very humble. And the Hyssop is again a lowly bush. So we have these three ingredients to be of the Mithaira. We have the, besides for the dam of the Tsipar we also have the Eitz which is reflective of his Gaiva, his Gassus Ruach, and then we have the the v'nishnitzai las, which speaks to his rifuah coming from being very lowly, being very humble. That's the way to stop the gaiva. The way, if we're working, if we're dealing with issues of gaiva, Chazal are telling us that the way to do so is by lowering one's self-esteem, by lowering one's opinion of oneself, and to become more grounded. The Marau in Guraye asks, why was it necessary to have two things that were low? We have, let's take the lowest one. Let's take the Shnisei That's the lowly worm, like a a very small type of insect. Doesn't get much lower than that. Why do you have to also sprinkle the blood in addition to the lowly Shnisei Why do you have to use as well... The Ezev. the Ezev is also humble, but it's bigger than the Shnisailas. And the Maral explains, and he quotes a Rambam in Prokim, that writes that somebody that has gaiva, when he's trying to remedy this, this terrible malady, he has to go to the opposite kotze. He has to go to the opposite extreme and be as low as low can be. And then after that, so there's two levels on the opposite extreme of gaiva. Gaiva means, I'm it. I have what does a person have to do in order to remedy that? If you go to a twelve-step program to get rid of to get rid of the Gaza Saruach, what do you do? So the Rambam tells us that you have to do two steps. The first step is you go to the opposite extreme. Sometimes if you have like a like a metal bar and you want to make it straight, like let's say you bend the hanger. So you want to make it back straight, you can't just bend it straight because it'll still always tilt one way. So sometimes you got to go to the opposite extreme, and then eventually it's going to become back in the middle. And that's what the Rambam is advising us. The Rambam tells us that first you have to go to the, say, you go to the opposite extreme, you make yourself so humble. And then after that, after you've gone through that period of real lowliness, then and only then could a person be able to come leave anava. Anava is not shiftless. Shiftless is the lowest. Shiftless is mamish the dirt. Anava is a step up from that. You're an onav. You have, we'll see soon what an is, but basically it's not shiftless. Shiftless is that you go to the teyachar, it's the opposite. You mamish think that you're nothing. And then after that you can become a little bit of a something. So the Maral says that that's why he believes there's two ingredients necessary when sprinkling the dam, symbolizing the Shifla symbolizing the low the, the, the cure for the Gassel Saruach as Rashi says what is the Takana of the Gassel Saruach? You have to have both the azide and the Shnisaylas the Shnisaylas is the first step first you have to make yourself really really low like a worm after that says the maral then you can already take it a step up and become an anav. That's the hyssop. That's the ezayv. That's a little bit better than a shnisaylas. So the point is that it's not supposed to be forever shiftless. Shipless is a temporary way of dealing with gaiva and then eventually, hopefully, you'll straighten yourself out, find that shvil azav, and all will be good. So we've explained, why you need to take in order to retire the mitzayirah who suffers from Gassus l'ruach, you have to take the shni and the ezov. Just interesting and uh, parenthetically, there are Rambams that seem to be seilas. The Rambam that we just quoted in Shnei the Rambam in Hilchas Deis says that when it comes to gaiva. Gaiva is a thing that a person has to mamish go to the opposite extreme and not straight up in the middle. There are things, he says, that are such midah maguna, like gaiva, that you don't even want to find the middle row. Normally it's healthy to find the middle row. That's the famous Shvilazav of the Rambam. But then he says there are some times that it's such a despicable midah that you want to run away to the opposite end of the earth from it and never come back. And the Rambam writes similarly in Pirusha Mishnayis to Avos when it says Ma'od Ma'od Habisheva Ruach, he says Shagaiva Cholok Kolshi Mikolam Midos Shitzarach L'zrachek Menah Gaiva Ad Kiteyachre. And other, unlike other midos, you have to find the middle road. Gaiva is something you have to go to the opposite. Adeshelai Tishar B'Kirba. You have to be really, really shiftless And that's it. You stay there. It's just interesting that it seems to be really decisive, this Rambam and Shemiteh Prakim, that the Maral quote saying that this too is a midah that needs to find a mamutza, it needs to find a, a happy medium eventually. It's interesting, the Rambam there in Pirosh HaMashnai Quotes a story that happened to one of the Chasubeh Chassidim, one of the Chasubeh pious people in the generation. This is, I think, it's quoted also in the Chavis Abavis. He says they asked him what was the happiest day of your life. They asked this Chassid who was very shiftistic. So the Chassid said, "One day I traveled by ship, and I was." sitting like in the cargo section I was sitting in a very low class of the ship amongst begodim. and and I was lying there I was trying to sleep and I was so small and lowly to the of a noblemen that were like in the first class section that they passed by me and they like looked down on me like I was nothing and not only that they treated me so m'vuzah that that they were actually they, they relieved themselves on me. That's what, the, that's what this chassid said. And it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me. It was so I, I was, this is bizyayness. A person is a chash of a chassid. And he, is, he just doesn't have that much money. So he's staying in the cargo section and the steerage section and they pass by him they're m'vuzah and they're mashtin on him. And he says, and I it didn't bother me, that was the happiest day of my life. Because that showed that I mamish was able to attain shiftless. This is in the Rambam's world, at least in the Purusha Mishnah's la Rambam, that's like the ultimate. The ultimate is to be so lowly that nothing bothers you, that people could taunt you, people could demean you, people could insult you, and it just like washes right off. It doesn't bother me. Because I don't feel any gaiva. There's no gaiva. You didn't, you didn't deflate me at all. I have no ego to deflate. But that's not what the Ram says in Shemayinah He says you got to have a little bit of ego. It's healthy. <clears throat> the question that remains, after dealing with the, with the two out of three of the instruments with which we sprinkle the damon to the Mitzayra. We understand now, according to the Maharal, you need the Agudas Ezaif, and together with the Shnis those represent the Shiplos and the anibus. But why in the world would you also take the Eight Erez? We understand the guys of al but why does he have to have that as part of the package? Just leave that out. That's the last thing he needs right now. You need to bring in the eight eras to show how high and mighty you are. Leave that out. This is now in the refua mode. You want to bring in the eight eras when he has the, when he has the saras originally, so bring a big cedar tree and you know, put it outside of his door and let him, let him know why he's a mitzaira. But now we're talking about being of the Mitzhara. Why do we have to remind them at this point about the fact that there's an eighth Erez in the Mitzhara process of his disease? And the answer is going to be brought out at the end. We're going to make a little bit of a detour and we're going to first try to understand what an Anab is. I think the common misconception of anivus is when a person thinks that he's a nothing. An aniv, by definition, must be he's a humble person, he feels like nothing, everybody is greater than him, I'm a nobody. You know, the famous joke about the person in Navardic. Navardic was very into like, you know, shiftless odom. You have to demean yourself, you have to, you know, make yourself into a literally, after the arrow, you have to be battle yourself, which is like the opposite extreme, you talk about it, I Could say after, the opposite extreme was Slabotka, Slabotka was, you know, God was Adam, man is great, man is greater than an angel, that was the Slabotka derek, and Navardic was like the opposite, it was the complete counterbalance to Slabotka was Navardic, and basically they... They believe that man is nothing and you have to tear yourself down. And that's the way that you uh, accomplish something in life with yourself. By complete self-crushing self, self uh, crushing yourself. And the joke goes that once there was a, uh, a freshi that comes in to the base medrash. And it was say Seder and Navardic. in Navaradik. And in everybody was screaming and crying and saying, ich bin agarnisht, ich bin agarnisht, ich bin agarnisht. I'm nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm, I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be alive. And this little freshie, you know, comes in, he went in Rome, do like the Romans, and, you know, he sees everybody else screaming that. So, he also decides to scream, ich bin agarnisht, ich bin garnished. So, two of the elder of Bachem, you know, the Chashur of guys, they like stop their muster seder for a second and they look behind them at this little freshie screaming, you know, that he's a nobody, and they start laughing. Is that, look who thinks he's a nobody. But that's that's what the perception in a lot of our minds are. An honor means I'm a nobody. Come on, stop the guy. But the guy means gaiva means I think I'm something, and an honor means I think I'm a nobody. And that's what we have to try to be in life. A big fat effus, a nobody. That's ameebus. Now, the clear refutation of this notion is Meishar Abenu. Meishar Abenu, the Torah says that Veish <laughs> Meishar Abenu was the, the quintessential Anav. There was no greater Anav than Meishar Abenu. Period. There is nobody that comes near the Anivus of Meishar Abenu. Okay, so that would mean that Meishar Abenu was probably like you know, really feeling bad for himself all day and thinking he's like the lowest yid in the world. But we find, not like that, by the Misa of Nodav and Abiyu, so Meshav Abenu is talking to Aaron, he says, Bikrei Vayakadish, and Rashi explains that Meshav Abenu says to Aaron, you know, it's funny, I knew that the Mishkan had to be consecrated with the death of somebody that was really, really close to the Rabbi Shalom. Sometimes, you know, you have to consecrate Kachim through somebody's death. I thought, says Maishu it was either me or you. Either I was going to die in order to consecrate, in order to be makdish this, mish, this Mishkan, or you, Aaron, because we're it. We are the top rung of Tzadikim in the dark. And now I see, says Maishu who has a who lost his two sons, that it wasn't me and it wasn't you, but rather it was Nadav and Avihu. They are bigger than us. Now, you have to take out from this Rashi something remarkable. That Meshra Baino was sort of implying, he wasn't implying, he was saying it, that I think and I know that I am it. I am the closest one to everybody. Me or you are. But one of the two, maybe both of us together, we're shulim. But together, we are it. We are, you know, if there's shishim reba shishimribah, I'm one and you're two or you're two and I'm one and now I found out that we're three and four. But still, isn't that a remarkable lack of anivah, on ma'esha, on his part, just to say those words? Is it normal for a, for an honor to say that he is it, he is the greatest person and so clearly we have to redefine our notion of Anivas because this doesn't fit in to the, to the template, to the narrative of what an Anav is there's a Gemara at the end of Mesecha the Gemara says Mishemes Rebbe la anova that when Rebbe died so Anivas died with him he took Anivas to the grave There was no more no more Anivas. so the you know the end of Anivas was was, was 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 met with the misa of Rebbe. all my lawyer of yesef sir yesef says to the tana that says this don't say that about that when Rebbe died, Anova is dead. no, because I'm still alive. What about me? Don't you know? You know, it's like the joke about the person that you know who's being honored by the dinner. He was a guest of honor by the dinner. So the you know the person introducing him was saying he is like the biggest Baltzadaka, and he's a Tamil Chacham, and he has a beautiful Mishpacha, and he's well respected, and he is, you know, uh, he has yichus, and happy the whole nine yards. And then, like at the as he was like winding down his speech, he feels like a tug on his on his jacket, he looks down as the guest of honor. he says, and you're not going to mention my me Anevas? Me you forgot about Mayaneivus. Uh, that would obviously be a, a ludicrous thing for a person to say, because if you're saying that, you're not an honor. But we see a Gemara that says. That Rav said, Va'ika what about me? I'm an Anub. why are you not mentioning me? It's interesting, the Gra says a different child in the Gemara. He says, because, because of this kasha, he says, Va'ika ana, Rabbi said, Va'ika no doesn't mean that anah, meaning I in Aramaic, but rather he says that. There is a, uh, he, he has, a, there's an Amira, I think it's in, in Yerushalmi, he found an Amira by the name of Anub. It's the name of a person. But Ika Anub does mean there's me, but there is, what about Rabbi Anub, who's a very big Anub? But that's not the truth of Mikra. That's not the simple taish. The simple taish is that Rabbi says that there's me. I'm an Anub, so you can't say that Anibus is dead because I'm still alive. Now, if he's really a non how would he be able to say such a thing? I saw in Derech Sicha, Reb Chaim Kanievsky has two volumes. They put out. It's a very interesting savor. It's like a fascinating work. If you ever, if you want to buy a like a, a very good savor on Chumash, this his his is Chabrusa. Like threw out like verloch at him, just to like gauge how he would like feel these things, either questions or he'd say art, and he'd want to see how Reb Chaim like thinks of this chat. If it's a good chat, if it's not a good chat, or you know, just with Reb Chaim's and remarkable havana and everything, he it's a savorful of that, and there is also a sprinkling of of stories and hashkafa. So Reb Chaim Kanievsky says. That the Tainas, the world, you know, says the yeshiva world, that the reason that Reb Kiveger was nasiached ben g'dolei Why is Reb Kiveger considered to be the gold standard of achrayim? I mean, it's true that he wa- he was definitely a guyin, you know, in his own in his own league. But you know, there are a lot of him. If you go, you know, around this base medrash and look at a lot of these psalms, also guyinim. If you go online to hebrewbooks.org, there's 40,000 svarim in counting. Uh, svarim, many of them are Gainas, but you don't know any of their names. It's all like no-name, you know, Rib Ki Veger is like, everybody knows Ki Veger. Why? Why was he Zalcha to this special treatment in Klayusov? So Reb Chaim says the reason is because he was known for his anivus. He was such an honor that in the schus of his anivus. His Tyra became famous, and he became like a celebrity in the Tyra world for his guidance. In fact, the Khasam Sefer, who was the son-in-law of Rav Kibeger, says that if you want to have an idea of how great an of of Rabbeinu was, you look at my Shver. You look at my father-in-law, Rav Kiveger was like a me'en of the Anivas of Meshra Abenu. That's a big statement. They say a story about Reb how Reb was once traveling together with the Nesivas. And they were going in a horse-drawn carriage, and they were going into a certain city. I don't know, maybe it was the city of Lisa by the the Nesivas' town. And as they were coming into the city, these two gynon, so all of the people of the city came out to greet them. Not only did they come out to greet them, that wasn't enough for them. They wanted to give real Kabbalah taira, So they unhitched the horses from the wagon and they took the horses away and the people themselves all started carrying the wagon and bringing it into town. The Chedem of Atzma. Now, when Mkiveger saw all these people coming, the first thing that entered his mind was... That's such a beautiful thing. They're giving covid to the Nisivas. So Rabkiv Eger got out of his part of the wagon and started pushing it. Because he also wanted to be Mechavid the Nisivas. The Nisivas, for his part, I guess he didn't see Rabkiv Eger leave. He said, wow, it's so nice they're being Mechavid the So he also got out of the carriage. So the scene was like there were hundreds of people pulling a wagon that was empty. But that was the, the Anivas of Rabkiv Eger to not think for a second that the covet was due to him, that he was the one that they were giving covet to, but rather just to believe that, that it was all for the Nesivas. That's, that's the Anivas that the Rebbe Ki-ve-Ager had, and that's why he was Zayichet to the Godless that he attained. Now that we know a little bit about Rebbe Ki-ve-Ager's Anivas, I'm going to tell you a story that may seem a little bit startling, Rabbi Yekiv was embroiled, against his wishes, in a very famous machlekas. There was a in the earl today. You know, everybody puts out their own shots. You can go to a farm store and get an oisvahger and get an Arts Girl and get a Vilna shas and get a this shot and a, you know and, a, and everybody finds out there's a hundred different shots out there. It used to be very very expensive to to buy a shas, to print a shas, It was a fortune. People didn't have money like we have today. You know, you just go swipe a credit card. There you have to have... It was expensive. Each, each volume was like lavishly done and it was, it was a very big investment for the printers, for the publishers to put it out and not knowing whether or not they'll ever recoup their investment because how many people are already going to be able to afford to buy a shas? So there was two competing printers of Shastens. One was the Slavita Shast. There were two brothers from the city of Slavita. Slavita had a famous printing press in it, and they were printing a Shast, and they already had started to print a few volumes. We, if you look around, you'll see sometimes the Slavita Shas are different, like Surah Sadat, and we have. It's a little bit different, and the fonts are different. And then there was another Shast called the Vilna Shast. That's the one that we basically use. I mean, the Izvahadar is not exactly the Vilna Shas. They, they made like almost a perfect replica of it. They re they re um, you know ty- um, type set the whole shas exactly with the same Surah Sadat, But it's not really. I don't know if it's really correct to say it's the Vilna Shas. It's not. It's a re it's a redo. It, you know, they redid the Vilna Shas, but it's not really the Vilna Shas. That's why, I, like on the cover of the Arsko Gumaris it says you know the Vilna Shas. And it's not the Vilna Shast, because it's really Eisvahder. Eisvahder is not the Vilna Shast. It's a brand new, it's a new printing of they copied the Vilna Shast, but it's uh, it's not really fair, I think, to call it the Vilna Shast. Vilna Shast is the Vilna Shast. So anyway, but so there were, there were two brothers start printing the Slavita Shast, and then there was also a little bit later the Vilna Shast began to be printed. And the Slavita people got crazy from this because, you know, here they were, they, were, they felt that they, had, they should have the monopoly on the market because they were printing it and they were doing it for, you know, they were doing it for the Taivas Saklal in their minds, and they were, I guess. And they, these were Shem Retirements, they were not Rishon, but they felt that no one should be able to have any Hasagas Kavol. They wanted to print their whole shots and they wanted to sell out you know all of the shas, and then whoever wants to can suffer printing their own. But for the time being, we should have you know the open field should be ours, and we should be able to be the only ones printing the complete shas and selling it. The Vilna people, the Achim Ram, the Ram brothers, who were printing, you know, probably a, a little bit more beautiful edition of shas. They felt, and no, you know, it's this Tyra, we also have the right, and it's not the, it's not the same. Surah said, and it's different, and it's better, it's improved." We also want to print our own shas. So they took this question to Rabbi Vega and Rabbi Kiviger pasked like the people of Vilna, like the Achim Ram, the brother, the Ram brothers who were printing in the Vilna. They felt. He felt that they have the right, and uh, and it's a nicer shas, and etc. And so he passed him against them, against the against the Slavita people. Now the Slavita people, when they heard that the guy Ribki came out against them, you know, you would think that they would be machniya themselves, they'd be Makabalit, but they weren't. They were very upset, and they started putting out terrible lashon against Ribki they started, first of all, they said personal things about him. They said that he was old and he was senile, and that his decisions had no bearing. And furthermore, they said that it's hard to even get the words out of your mouth, but it's so, it's so crazy that it's, you know, you could say it, that, that because of bribery... That there was some degree, somebody must have, you know, given some money to something to somebody, and, and because of that, some some must have got, gotten distorted along the way, and they were saying like the most vile things about Rav Tiviger. And in addition, they also said that that he didn't look into matters enough, and that he didn't understand the full nature of what was going on, and that basically his decision is is it's not it's not it doesn't stand. Now. Rabbi Kivager was obviously very upset. and He wrote them a letter, and he says like this: "says As far as what you're saying about me personally, you're saying about me personally that I'm old and I'm senile. That I'll I'll be mindful you that. I'll be mindful you. Fine. You want to say bad things? I'm a a nice guy. I'll take that." He says, "But you said about me that I didn't look into matters properly, that I didn't ask him correctly." He says, you should know that for that you will never have a mechila. He says, because I am the embodiment of Kavad HaTayra in this generation. And you have no right to undermine that Kavad HaTayra. I don't have the ability to be meichel the a Kavad I can be meichel my own Kavad, personally. But you're saying about my Tayra that that's not Heistahalton, that it's not, it doesn't stand? He said, you will not get Michiel for that. And Kibega was so angry. Immediately after he wrote this, all of a sudden the ramifications began to unfold. Somebody that was working for the brothers in the Slavita press, they, a guy, a guyish worker, was hanged. He hanged himself. He committed suicide. Dafka in that factory of all places. And the authorities in town, you know, were already saying that, no, it wasn't suicide. It was, it was a homicide. And the Jews, they were the ones that hung up the guy. And so what, the brothers were, well, what do we do? So they bribed the authorities to, you know, that everything should go away, that it should be hushed up. And then... The government found out, the, you know, the government above found out that they bribed the authorities. And so for bribing the authorities, the kness was, the Einish was, that they both had to run through a gauntlet of like a thousand Russian soldiers. Not a thousand, a hundred, a hundred Russian soldiers were standing on both lines of the shura, and with like sticks and whips in their hand, they were going to beat them as they were running through. And what happened was that these brothers—they were from—and they were—you know—these were, are were not; these are—they were, these were, were—they 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 were, were from Jews. They just were misguided in this in this heated machleikus. And so apparently, one of them was wearing a yarmulke, and as he was running through, his yarmulke fell off. And, you know, he stopped to pick it up, which is Simon, Musa Hassan, we're playing basketball by Yamaga Falls, you know, we go a couple of, you know, back and forth without picking it up. They, you know, they, they, they were in the middle of a gauntlet and they were, the Yamaha foot fell and he stopped to pick it up. As he was bending down to pick it up, they hit him in the face and he went blind. And the other was also maimed for life. And then after that, both of these brothers were sent to Siberia where they died. But what do we see from this story? We see from the story the the of Reb Kivayger. as great of, as, of an anav as he was, and he was the embodiment of Meir Says the Chassam Sofer, in his dar, in terms of anivos. But when Push came to Shav, he said, he called it as he saw it. He says, "I am." in this dark. Again, it doesn't smell of Anivas to me. That's not the way Anab talks. Anab should say, you know what? I have no covet. I have nothing. You're right. You know, I'm Michael, you and Ganson, there's no time. I, I, I'm a nobody. In fact, you know, they say about Kiveger that a famous line from Kiveger, he says one time it was Simchas Pera and he was, uh, he was looking a little depressed. So they said, Rebbe, why are you so depressed? He says, you know, it's some should be happy. So he says, you know, I've been the Rav of Pozen for many, many years. He says, for decades already, every year they give me Chas Taira. I'm a Chas Taira, every year. He says, so for decades and decades I'm Chassan Taira and I still don't know the Kala. Still don't know the Kawa. the Kawa is the Taira, I still don't know the Taira. So, like, obviously, he had some, you know, he had an he was even entire, but here, he stepped to the plate and he says, I am covered at in the Star." Again, it doesn't sound like an anav. <coughs> Similar, Meister with Rabshleim Azam. Rabshleim was also, of course, a famous anav. And he would get very upset when people would write him letters and write. Maran He was like, <coughs> says, does, does like the postman need to know like that I'm a guy. Is that very important that the mailman like sees all my titles? Like he wouldn't even want to open up a letter that was like too big of these titles. Like, if you look, if you ever go to, the, to his kever, to Shleim Azamun's kever, it's kedai to go if you're ever in a, you know, next time you're in your Shulayim. Um On Har Menuchas, there's a section called the Chalka Tzerah you know, if you're into gedalim, or even if you're not, it's like, it's, it, it's amazing, because wherever you go in this, like, you know, maybe it's uh, double the space measures, the whole area, but wherever you walk, it's like you stumble upon one bigger gadol than the next. Everybody, it's a who's who of Gedilum of the last hundred years there. You have the brisker robbers there, you have Reb Aaron Cutler, and you have Reb Zalman Meltzer, and you have um, Reb Meishan, and the Belzer Ebba, and the Chabina, whoever you know, anything that you ever heard, you know, it's, they're all there. Reb Shalman Zalman is not buried in that chalukah. He's buried not far away, but like, you know, to the left of that chalukah. With his family, with the parishes. And on his cabinet, you think there'd be a whole Megillah about who he was, like a lot of other G'dayla have, but he has nothing. He wrote his own Matseva. And basically it says, you know, P'ai nitman, Rav and no titles. It says, um Talmidim ki Shanim Shonim Yeshivas <laughs> Kol I think it says. And, and that's it. And then I was a something maybe they added something about that, you know, the size of his levaya. maybe I don't think he wrote that, but somebody else. And that's it. The whole cover is like it's like an empty matsebo. He was a tremendous honor. I think he was once walking into the room with uh Shmuel Airbah and his son. And um, and they started singing Ya Me You know, they they all started singing. And obviously, you know, it was for Shlomo For Shlomo also started singing. He honestly believed that they were singing for Shmuel. He didn't couldn't be masked that it was for him. Uh, you know, he was a real, real honor. And, and then there's a story that's told about how one time there was a boy who was like mentally ill, and he was supposed to be. Uh, institutionalized. He couldn't you know he couldn't stay in Yeshiva and he couldn't do much, so they wanted but he knew he was you know, he, that much he knew that he didn't want to go to an institution. But his family came to Slam Zalman and they said we need an ape so we have to send him to an institution. It's not Shayat, it can't be home, it can't be in Yeshiva, it's not working. So Zaman called him over and says says him like this, he says, Listen, my name is Shlem Zalman Ayyaba. He says I I'm the God hadar, The God Hadar, undisputed he says, and I'm telling you that there's a certain, like, you know, home for, for sick people and they need, like, a, a shtickle rob, a mashkiach there and I need somebody to appoint. Would you mind if I make you, if I put you in that position? He says, me? I, I, should, be, I should be a mashkiach? I should be a rob? Oh, yeah, sure. And that's how, you know, in his pikchus, he sends them to this, this, this institution and that was but in the process, again, he sa- he knew that he was the God LaDar. So the conclusion has to be that Anivus is not the shot that I am in a I'm in fantasy land, and I think that even if I'm great, I think I'm a nobody. Moshe Rabbeinu proves that that's not the case. Kiv Eger proves that's not the case. proves that. there's a lot of riots that we brought that that's simply not the case. Doesn't mean that you. Feel you're an obel. Mesh knew that he was the greatest. And so, Rabbi they know that's not a stir up to anibus. Not only that, but without a person recognizing how great they are and who they are, they'll never be greater. Rabbi Shleiman used to say that when you're a bachar, you shouldn't be spending too much time on, like, working on, on gaiva. Why? It says because it's really good to have a little bit of gaiva. You need gaiva. If Yeshiva has no gaiva, you're never going to, like, advance. You're never going to excel. If you don't think, wow, I'm good. You know, I'm, I could be greater and I could be even the best. I could be the biggest. If you don't have that ambition and that drive and that gaiva, if you will... Then you're lost. If you just feel, oh, I'm, I'm nobody, I'm such not a Lamdin, I'm such not a Maslan, I'm not a Tamarach, I never will be. That's, that's terrible. The growth of a person needs to be stimulated and stoked through certain things of gaiva. In Chaim Berlin, if you go to Chaim Berlin, you know, gaiva in other yeshivas is like a dirty word. In Chaim Berlin, gaiva is a good word. Not the trait in a gaiva, there's another type of gaiva called gaiva de kedusha. They ask any Chaivalin, I'll give you, a, you know, an hour mimer about what Gaiva the Kedusha is. There's something called, you have to be, you know, there, there, there's good Gaiva, there's, there's holy Gaiva. There's sometimes really good to feel like good about yourself. We want to feel good about ourselves. When we finish a davening, we should feel, wow, that was a Gishmakar davening. And bring ourselves up. And pull ourselves higher. There's good Gaiva too, believe it or not. A person must know who they are, and they must know what their potential is and how great they really could be. That's not trait, that's not bad Gaiva, that's good Gaiva. What is Aniva then? So we have to see the famous Higaris Ramban. Igaras Ramban on the back of a lot of sidurim. He basically this is it, it's basically a letter to his son advising him about the terrible nature of gaiva and about how important it is to be an anuv. And he says that like, like gaiva is like the worst. Gaiva is like there's kol minei gehenim. It's like, it's terrible. He says, "Anovo, that's unbelievable. That's, that, 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 that. You'll, you'll be amazing if you're able to be an anuv. But then he says My son, you should understand you, you have no right to have gaiva over other people because only the Lord can lord over other people. Human beings are not supposed to lord over other people. adam. the Ramban says in any way like what do you have in gaiva over? Let's examine exactly where your gaiva is coming from. But you're rich. You have a couple of dollars in your pocket. Hashem is the one that makes a person either poor or wealthy. You didn't do that. Believe it or not, you did not do that. You might have invested in the right stock and you might be a brilliant businessman, a great salesperson, a great professional, but the money comes from Hashem. You see that all the time. I know people that have like three PhDs from like Princeton, Harvard, and Yale... And they're unemployed. And I know people that like couldn't Mamish put together two sentences for an essay in high school, and they're like, you know, these gazillionaires. The Ruben Islam is the one that gives money and takes away money, period. It's the Rubanishlam. It's not you. People think it's them, but it's not. The Ruban Islam grants a person parnassa, and it could be a great parnassa, it could be a shvaka parasit, it's all up to the Ruben Islam. So you don't have the right to be misgabb. Hakadosh ha- 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 Baruch Hu gave you that money. Being be covered, and if you're being misgabb because you're very like dignified, you're aristocratic. <laughs> <Cop> That's not yours either. Covered is not yours. Hakadosh Baruch Hu gets all the credit and all the covered. How you're stealing covet from the Rebbeinu Shlom <Pod deve Alberterna tfeito> by taking it yourself? You're a lambdin. You're a tam-a-tokom. You're brilliant. Says. Says. Again, it's not yours. What, what makes you smart and, and another person not smart? It's the fact that the Rebbeinu gave somebody a higher IQ. IQ is not something that you can you know you could read more or whatever. You could try, but. There's a natural IQ that a person has if you're born from brilliant parents or, you know, you have, you have much more of a, of a chance of being brilliant than a person that didn't. So what are you being misguided for, says the Ramban to his son. Nimza hakel shavoth ne'amakim. He says, so therefore what it turns out is we're all equal. The great equalizer of life is the fact that the Rebbeinish made us all by his ratzim. he says further when you're looking at other people and this is such a critical of what Anivus is whoever you're looking at whoever you're focusing on always look up to them always admire somebody else never like be condescending and looking down at anybody says the Ramban if he's a Chacham, not you. If he's a Chacham or he's an Asher, you have to be Ooh, you know he's smart, he's brilliant, he's a guy. That deserves me being Mechabed. He has money. He's giving a lot of money to Tzedakah. He's wealthy. Okay, I'm impressed. And if he's poor, and you're the rich one, you're smarter that you are more on the hook than he is. If he sins because he's not so smart, he's a shaygig, you're amazed. You know that, Lacha, he doesn't, so give him respect because he's always a shaygig. And b'chol d'varecho ma'asecha mach'shev'asecha b'chol eiz chashev b'libach ki l'ata aimlopne ha'kadosh baruchu yishkinasa and this is how the Ramban goes on to explain what an anav really is. And Mesilas also speaks similarly in uh, in, in in the parak about anivus. Parak chafes veviramidas I'm not going to go into all the specifics, but he basically says a very similar thing: how whatever you are, whatever you are, as great as you may be, you always have to remember that there's no room for gaiva. There's no room for God. The Rebbeinah Shalom gave you everything, and whatever other people have, you have to admire what you have. You have to understand that the more you have, the greater the responsibility is. Rabbi Seol Salanter used to, used to say about himself. He says, I know that I have the brain of a thousand men. He was brilliant. Not Brilliant is like a word that we, we throw around about anybody today. Rabbi Seol Salanter was Really, really like sometimes you know they everyone's like called Harav Hagayin today. So sometimes like just in Mechalik they say Harav Hagain Hamiti. Hagain Hamiti means he's really a guy. It's not you know it's not just title. It's true. Rabbi Sozlanter had the brain the wattage of a thousand people, but he said he said, I know that I have a brain power of a thousand people, but I also know that I have the responsibility of a thousand men. That's really what Anivas is Anivas means not that I don't know who I am Rabbi Sassan knew who he was he says I have a, the brain power of a thousand people he didn't say well I, I don't know anything he knew who he was but at the same time he was so crushed by the burden of what he did have that he couldn't have Gaiva there was no Gassus rua. Anivas is the Pshat not that you're you know you're living in a, in a myth of what you're not and what you are you have to have a real perception of what you are. You have to know your greatness. But at the same time, you have to realize that with your greatness comes responsibility. If you're smart, then you're always chayif. You're always going to be amazing. And now you have responsibility with your smartness to teach other people. And if you have money, can you imagine if you're a very wealthy man, if you have, you're just making ends meet, okay, you don't have to worry about what to do with your stock. It's all of, you know, a couple hundred dollars, a couple of thousand dollars a year, meiser, chaymish, whatever, you know, it's good. I'm fine, I'm doing good. Let's say you won the lottery. And now you're worth $450 million. So you're being misguiled. Well, I'm a, you'd be staying up at night, besides for worrying about all the other things you have to worry about now. But am I doing enough with my money? There are people starving that I'm, I should be feeding now. There are people that are being evicted from their homes that I should be building a new home for. There are yeshivas that are shutting down. There are people in all that don't have booty. What am I, I, I... You know, there's always the weight of the responsibility of the gifts that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave you. <laughs> so, anibus means I know who I am, but I know that I didn't do it myself. The Rabbani did it for me, number one. And number two, because I have such gifts, the pressure and the stress and the responsibility makes me never fully able to look in a mirror and say, "Wow, I'm great, because I can't. There's so much more to do. My was the Ankala because as great as he knew that he was, he said, "But maybe I should be doing more." Vegar, Shlemizalman, these were great people. But the greatness of them was not that they were brilliant or that they were, they were brilliant, but they realized if I'm so brilliant, maybe I should be learning more, maybe I should be accomplishing more. And they looked at everybody as if they were unbelievable. They looked, up, they looked up to everybody because they realized that they don't have that brilliance and they're struggling. And still they're able to accomplish so much. Look at me, I'm not accomplishing as much as they are. <laughs> In short, a person has to have a package of mixed emotions about himself when looking in a mirror. Mitzahed Echad, you have to know how great you are, the godless Adam. You have to be, if you will, Slavaka and Navardic all bundled up in one. You need an Eitz Erez. You need to have that cedar tree when you're going through the Tyrus HaMetzirah. When you're trying to be cured of your gaiva, you need everything. You need to be reminded that you're great, you're taka great. I could be greater than any malach in the HaKadosh Baruch Hu made me B'tselem de Musa'i. And that's something that's important to remember. A person also needs an Aza'i. And a shnitzelah last to remind him that he has to go to the other kata. He can't be guided with can eat shiftless. But even when he's a shuffle, he has to always bear in mind the eights eras that he is. Shiftless does not mean that I think I'm Amish dirt and I'm nothing and I have nothing good about me in life. Chas v'shalem. A person has to know I am great and at the same time, I'm nothing. One of the great Chassidah Shirems of Simcha Bun used to say that a person has to carry around in his two packets, two separate notes at all times. In one note it has to say on it that the whole world was created just for me, not for you, just for me. In the other packet it has to say I am nothing, I am Hamish not nothing. And then Reb Simcha Burim says the chachma is to know when to take out which paper. You have to know. Sometimes you know you're feeling really low about yourself. That's not the time to start learning about anivas and shiplos and you know I'm going to really you know just dig a hole in the ground already and throw me in because you know I'm worthless. When you're feeling really low, that's when you have to take out the piece of paper that says B'shevili nevarilam. Remind yourself. That you have an eight eras inside also that you 're a cedar tree you 're strong you 're powerful. you can do whatever you want don 't feel low in a shiftless way as if as i if 'm worthless, but sometimes we do feel too guy. We take the eight eras and we like make it much bigger than it is, and we think it 's our gifts and our talents that we created ourselves. Then you have to take out the piece of paper with a that i 'm upper which is the equivalent in the bundle of the Aguda Zezayv and the Shnitzay reminding us at all times that we're not really as great as we think we are because we have so much responsibility and it wasn't our gift. We didn't do it ourselves. HaKadosh granted them as gifts to us to use for Him. And that, I believe, is what the message of the Tairus HaMetzirah is, this bundle, this precious bundle the to be mitair yid for a person to understand how to really find that perfect shvilazav and like need everything. You need to be a little sabatka. You need to be a little bit nevardik. You need to be b'shvilin nevaralam. You need to be ani ani You need to have, in short, both sides of ma'ishah abena, both sides of rebekiveiger, both sides of shlemazalman. You have to have both. One without the other is not good. You have to have a well-balanced diet of the Eitz Erez on one hand and the Shnitzelahs of Gouda Zezer on the other hand. And with that, a person could find himself, without a person to be Metar himself, a person could realize exactly how great he is, his potential, but not let it get to his head. Not let it become a Gassus Ruach. There's a very big difference between being a, a Baldaiva and being an Eitz Erez. And a person, in mitzvah Hashem, if we're able to find the perfect symmetry of all of these three things, then a mitzvah Hashem, we will be zeichet to go lamala lamala.